Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you have a story you'd like to share, please do so at adventure.church slash mystory. Also, if you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do that online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare to hear a word from God. All right. Well, good morning again, everyone. We're so glad you're here today. Thanks for choosing to worship with us. If you are new today, my name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor here. We are picking up in part two of a series that we're entitling When in Rome. And just to kind of give you a recap, we're uh, looking at a letter that Paul wrote to the Romans, the Apostle Paul, who wrote uh, the majority of the New Testament. And he writes this letter to the Romans, who were primarily Jewish believers who had converted to Christianity. And he kind of levels the playing field right out of the gate and says, listen, here's the deal. We're all sinners. We all got a problem. And we needed saved from our sin. And that's what Jesus did for us. And so it wasn't a what that could save us. It was only a who. And that who was Jesus Christ and Jesus saved you from death, but also for life. That it's not just about getting to heaven. Uh, The fact that you are in Christ is what gets you to heaven. The reason you can live victorious over sin in this life is because Christ is in you. You are in Christ, but also Christ is in you. And the same power that was available to Jesus is now available to his Believers, And we talked about the first thing that we have to realize is that because Jesus rendered sin powerless, we can in fact have victory over sin. So we say things like this, sin is not my master, I am dead to sin and alive in God. And we talked about that in week one where we have to believe that and repeat that and keep that on repeat in our lives. So where do we go from here? What do we do with that information? You are in Christ. Christ is in you. So do you just, you know, throughout the week, you kind of have this sin bucket and you fill it up, you know, to a certain point. You come to church on Sundays and kind of empty your sin bucket and then go back, you know, to to over again and you just try to find forgiveness, hopefully find some victory over sin. You know, like what do we do? And I think we have to realize that the Christian life has to become more and can be more than just kind of disappointing God and and hoping that he'll forgive us and begging for forgiveness and then kind of moving on in our life. That because of Jesus, again, because you are in Christ and Christ is in you, sin doesn't control where you go when you die and sin doesn't have to control what you do while you live. Sin doesn't control where you, go, where you go when you die, and it doesn't have to control what you do while you live. And Paul is wrestling with sin in Romans 7 and shares uh, some, some passages with us that I think all of us can identify with. He says this. This is like a tongue twister, so, so bear with me, right? I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. A lot of do's, right? Paul's saying, here's the deal. Like, all of us can identify on this with some, at some place in our life. Like, I know what I need to be doing in this area of my life. Like, I know it, but I don't do it. I struggle to do it, and then I know I shouldn't do this anymore, yet I find myself doing those things. And he goes on to say, what can save me from this? And it wasn't a what, it was a who. Who can save me? And Jesus gives us the ability to overcome this wrestling match with sin. 
So why is it that we keep doing these things? It's, Paul says, it's sin living in me, but when you accept Christ, you are dead to sin and now alive in Christ. Sin no longer lives in you. Christ lives in you in the same power that was made available to Jesus because he conquered death in the grave through his death and resurrection. You too now have access to that power that you can choose not to fall into sin, that you now have power. Before you were in Christ, and this morning if you aren't in Christ, sin has power over you. Paul's saying you don't have a choice. It's gonna rule you, it's gonna whoop you. But when you come into Christ, now you are in him, he is in you, you actually now have access to the power to say no and to defeat sin. Sin is no longer living in you, Christ is. And Paul explains this concept to the Romans and throughout the, the, past, the, the book of Romans, you find him saying this, that there is no such thing as good people. There is no fundamentally good people. There are bad people that occasionally do good things. <laughs> That's kind of who we are. We're naturally born to this sin. There's no way to escape it and to avoid it. And so we have to allow Christ to live through us so we can be who he wants us to be. One of the coolest things to me that kind of illustrates how God brings us into relationship and how we become uh, new in Christ and Christ lives through us is, is adoption. And I've had friends that have adopted kids and it's such a cool thing to me to see that a child who was born into a certain family with certain issues and a certain background and a certain identity attached to that family for whatever reason finds themselves in a foster system or you know a, away from that family and people go through this adoption process, and it takes a long time sometimes, but as soon as the judge signs off on it, as soon as they sign the piece of paper, as soon as that is done, that child's past is now gone, and what is true of their new family is now true for them. They take on the last name, they take on the, 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 the wealth, the, the home, whatever is available to that family is now made available to them. They are new, they've been adopted into that family. And that's the same way it works with, with Christ and God's family, that you have been adopted into God's family and what is true of Christ is now true of you. Amen. You have that power. You are now in Christ and Christ is in you. So what, now what? What do we do with this information? We have to think, look, and Paul doesn't just leave us there. He goes on and gives us some practical steps to break free from sin. And today I'm going to give you the three D's to victory. Look at your neighbor and say, victory. Victory. How do we have victory? We all want to be victorious. We all want to win in life. We all want to win at sin. Paul says, like, I don't want to do those things. I do them. So, so what advice does he give us? How does he tell us the practical side of not just what you should be doing, but how do you do it? So let's pick up Paul's letter to the church in Rome. In Romans 6, verse 9, he says this. We are sure of this. We can be confident in this. Because Christ was raised from the dead, we, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. He beat death in sin once and for all. Romans six ten. he says, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Christ died to the power of sin. Sin was rendered powerless. We now have the power to overcome sin. Do you believe this, Paul's saying? Do you believe this? And he says, then if you do, if you believe it, you have to then declare it. You have to declare this. 
We have to believe this truth but declare this truth. And that's the first D in your steps to victory today is you declare sin is no longer your master. Romans six eleven. it says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what we covered in week one. Sin is no longer my master. I am dead to sin, alive in Christ. You believe it, you declare it, you believe it, you declare it. The word count here in, in Romans 6, 11, count yourselves. Count was a, a mathematical term in the Greek used to, to, to mean consider, to accept, to factor in, to believe or to declare. And this is the first step is to believe it by declaring it. Will you say it with me again today? Sin is not my master. Say it with me. Sin is not my master. There's something about speaking and believing what you're speaking that the Bible says gives you power. Paul says that you're saved by faith through grace, but you're saved also by confessing what you believe in your heart. That's the the outward indication that you are that you're following God as you confess outwardly, verbally, what you are believing in here. And if we believe that we are in Christ and and Christ is in us, we have to declare it over and over again. Verse 12, he says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. We're going to talk about this in a second. But before we do, I want to ask you a question today. What is your mental approach to sin? Like Paul says, you're in this wrestling match with sin. How do you view that wrestling match which which side of the argument do you kind of identify with Paul saying I shouldn't but I want to or I don't want to but I do like which side of that are you on I think we can kind of be on two sides the first side is kind of the excuse side where we excuse our sin where we say things like this well hey I'm not perfect Hey, this, my family is, is this way. Everyone in my family struggles with this. Everyone is kind of like that. I've, I've always dealt with this. I, I'm kind of just this way. It's kind of the way I'm wired. I don't, I don't know that I can change. I can't change. And what you're doing, if, if that's your mental approach, is one, you're excusing the issues that God wants to free you from. And secondly, is that you're identifying with your old self, with with your old sin self that you have buried in Christ and are now new, and and, and you're not identifying with the new you. What you're saying is is sin still has power over me. I don't control it. It controls me. And Paul's saying, no, 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 you don't. If you are in Christ, Christ is in you. You have the power if you choose to access that power. So we can either excuse our sin or we can fight to eliminate our sin, to eliminate it. You say things like this, in Christ, listen, that sin is trying to rule over me, but I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. That sin is trying to get me, but I'm not going to allow it. That sin brings death and I'm not letting sin win. Why would I go back to what, what caused death, what, what, that what held me captive in slavery? I'm not going back to that. I am new in Christ. You see, when you begin to struggle with sin, as, as Paul is saying here, in that moment, you choose how to respond to it. <clears throat> and your choice has everything to do with your outcome. Your choice. And as long as you identify with how you used to be, you will continue to behave the way you've always behaved. I'm new in Christ. I'm declaring this truth. I'm speaking it over my life. You speak life over your life. Speak life over your life. Proverbs says that the tongue can bring death or life, that your words carry that kind of weight in your life. So you declare this truth 
over your life. There's power in our words. You declare it, you shout it loud enough for every demon in hell to hear. That that's not who I am anymore. I am in Christ. He is in me. I am new. I can do. I can be all that Christ has called me to be. Not because of me, but because of Christ in me. He is in you. You have that. That's why at Adventure Church we celebrate baptism. And you heard Jake talking about it a minute ago. And I just want to encourage you. I really feel like this series is setting some of you up to be baptized maybe for a second time because baptism doesn't save you, right? Depending on your church background, maybe you were like sprinkled as a baby or whatever that may be. And I'm not here to debate what, what baptism is right and wrong. I do know from scripture that every, uh, every example of baptism we have in scripture were people who had made a decision to follow Christ and, and personally decided to say, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna follow Christ. I'm, I'm dying to my old life. I'm new in Christ. I'm turning from who I used to be and turning towards God. And baptism was a public declaration that, that Christ is now in me. You were declaring to the world, to everyone, hey, this is the new me. This is the direction I'm going in my life. I'm dying to the old me. I'm made new in Christ. And I really believe that some of you have wrestled with the same sin for years. You've, you've known God, but, but there's just been something that's continually tripped you up. You've continually gone back to it. And God wants to set you free. He wants you to live in victory, and I believe that if you get baptized, there's nothing necessarily uh, magical about it, but a mental approach to where you say, you know what, I'm going to do that, because it, is, it takes guts to come up and to be dipped in and, and to pull out, and, and to, but we'll celebrate that with you, and I really believe that, that some of you declaring that truth of this is now who I am, this is the direction I'm going, God will move in your life. So if you haven't been baptized, or maybe you have, and you know that, man, God's calling you to a deeper level, I would encourage you, sign up, be a part of that. I really believe it'll be significant for you. So we declare, sin is not my master. I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. That's the first D to victory. The second one is this, is then you decide not to let sin rule in your life. You make a decision. Verse 13, Romans six thirteen says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Do not let. What Paul's saying there is you got a choice. You have a choice in this matter. You can say no to sin because the power of sin has been broken. You can say to sin, I'm not going to let you win. The power of Christ is now in me. I'm choosing to follow Jesus, to say no to sin. He goes on, he says, don't offer any part of your body to sin. Verse 13, he says, instead, give yourselves completely to God. Do not let sin rule. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So your whole body, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. He says, don't offer, do not allow yourself to offer any part of yourself to sin. Tell sin no. You tell sin you can't have my mind. You can't have my thoughts. Sin, you can't have my mouth. I'm not gonna allow you to rule in my mouth. I'm gonna speak life. I'm gonna choose life. Lord, you, here, here's my hand. Sin, you can't have my hands. I am declaring, I am deciding that my life is gonna be used for the things of God. Sin is not my master. I'm not giving into it. I'm free to be who God created me to be. I'm free from the power of sin. And you tell sin, I'm not letting you rule in my life anymore. And now that you're in Christ, you have the privilege and the ability to offer yourselves to be used for God's righteousness. It's a privilege. 
This week, we were here last Sunday. We left after church, drove half day, got to like south of Nashville, drove the rest of the way to Panama City Beach, and I spoke at a high school camp for high school uh, students in Panama City Beach, Florida. I know it's a rough life. Somebody has to do it. Uh, And I spoke in the morning and in the evenings there all week, and then we drove back Thursday night, halfway through the night, and the rest of the way Friday. And uh, it, it was fun. It was a whirlwind. I had to speak a lot. I had to drive a lot. I took the kids with, we took the kids, uh, and they got to spend some time and just play on the beach. And so uh, it was great, but I was tired. I'm just being honest with you. I was tired. I wasn't, I mean, we were in a camp type room, you know what I mean? I wasn't in a resort on the beach. I was in like a, a bunk camp type deal uh, with my family all sleeping in the same room. You all know how that goes, right? Uh, and so it, it was just a tiring week. But what, what was so cool for me was to see like the growth of the students from Monday night to Thursday night and to see how they changed and to see how God set them free and how they began to express themselves in worship and being kind of immersed in that environment really can do something powerful in students. And, and so I, I just, you know, the last night I just really just felt like what an honor it was to be a part of that. What a privilege it was to share God's word with them and to be a part of, of making that investment in their life to see them go on. And many of them have just graduated and going on to college to say, man, I was able to, to sow some seeds into them that hopefully will bear fruit in their life. And what a privilege that is, that because of Christ, you now have the privilege of, of deciding to serve him, the ability to serve him. Uh, I don't know about any of you, but as a child and, and really as an adult, I'm, I'm kind of a pyromaniac. I like playing with fire. Anyone else, right? You know, thankfully for July 4th, I was, uh, you know, at a camp. I couldn't really light off fireworks and blow my hand up or anything like that. But as a kid, I was always fascinated with fire. So if we were ever on a bonfire or anything, like I was always trying to like burn a, another stick or, you know, do something and, and throw stuff into the fire. I was just always fascinated with fire. And, and my son has, has gotten that honest from me. Anytime we have a fire in the backyard, he's always wanting to play in it and throw stuff in it and all that. Um, but but as, as a child, my parents would always say things like this. Kyle, hey, be careful. Don't, don't play with fire because if you play with fire, you could get burnt right like don't mess with fire you you could get burnt (laughs) you got to decide what and 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 really paul's kind of saying that here he's saying like why since you are in christ and christ is now in you why would you continue to play with fire because we talked about this in week one the wake of sin is death it's it's destruction It, it destroys and so that's, it goes beyond just like this heaven or hell, like I want to go to heaven. Yes, God saved you from death, but he saved you for life. God doesn't want you to suffer the consequences of sin. It brings death and destruction. And I think for some of you, we have to realize that, that, that there's danger with what we're doing. There's danger in what you're playing with. And it's time to quit playing with sin because if you mess with sin long enough, it will mess with you. It will destroy you. It will destroy your family. And the consequences of sin can be irreversible. Right? The Bible is very clear. You reap what you... Right? So if you're sowing into sin, as much as God would love to take away the consequences, he can't because he does not lie. He does never contradict his word. And so if you choose that, he can forgive you for sure. But he doesn't take away the consequences. And God is a good, he's a good father. 
He's a good dad. So just as, as I would be around the fire with myself and my father and, and, and now my son, I say, hey, hey, Maddox, be careful, buddy. Don't play with that. It can hurt you. And God says the same thing to you. Hey, look, I, I've given you the power. You can say no. You can decide to stop and to start doing something else. You have that ability. So quit, quit playing with that. And I really felt yesterday as I was going over this and praying for today's message that God was, was going to sound the alarm for some of you today. That he's sounding the alarm and he's saying, you got to quit hitting snooze on sin. Quit hitting snooze on it. I'll get with it later. I'll deal with this later. He's sounding the alarm because he cares about you and he loves you. And he's saying, if you're not careful, this will destroy you. In the affair now. Quit messing with it. Get off the internet now. Get help for your addiction now. Quit hitting snooze because if you play with it long enough, it will burn you. And I really felt like that was for someone today. That God is saying, it's, it's time to quit playing games. Get the help you need. You can do it. Not because of you, but because Christ is now in you. You can decide to say no to sin. So we declare that truth. We then make a choice with the free will that God has given us to pursue him. And the last D is then we then devote every part of yourself to God. You decide, sin is not gonna be my master. I'm saying no to sin, I'm not letting sin rule. And then I'm gonna devote then every part of myself to God, daily devoting Every part of yourself to God. Again, like we talked about, your mouth, your hands, your mind, your feet. God, I am here to serve you. And there, there's an importance in this because when you say no to sin, when you turn, repent means to turn away from sin, to begin to pursue God, the things of God, deciding to follow God and to obey his word, right? There is gonna be a void that that sin leaves in your life. For some of you, it's been a long time that you've been wrestling with some stuff, and, and there's a certain uh, dependency that you have on that. And so when you, when you remove that, the void is there, and God says, now fill the void with me. Pursue me. Worship me. Devote yourself to me. I've now given you the privilege and the ability to devote your life to me, to the things of God. And so instead of going to the club anymore, instead of going to the bars, I find other things to do. I, and I go to adopt a block. I serve. I give back. I, I attend church. I get in a life group. I do those things that I know I need to do, and I begin to devote myself and allow God to fill the void that sin left. And here's the amazing thing. Man, he'll fill it and then some. He'll overflow in your life. He'll give you joy and peace that you've never had before. He'll give you fulfillment that you've never had before. He's waiting on you to choose him, to devote yourself to him so he can pour himself into you. But you have to make that decision to devote. Let's go to what Paul said in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. He said, since you've been raised to new life in Christ, he's saying, hey, look, you died to the old you, you're new. You got new life in Christ, with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Don't look back to who you used to be. Devote yourself to what's new, to what God has for you, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. Devote your mind to God, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who now is your life, 
is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. He ends it with that amazing promise. You devote yourself to God. You pursue the things of God. When he comes back, man, you get to share in his glory. He lets you be a part of that if you devote yourself to him. So he's saying set your mind on heavenly things, not the things of this earth. Get your eyes off of who you used to be. Get your eyes on who you are in Christ and begin to live your life. Allow Christ to live through you. As you devote yourself to the things of God, he is your life. Your life is now in him. Listen, you can't live the perfect Christian life. I can't live the perfect Christian life. But Jesus did. And now he has given you life. He has then invested his spirit in you. And as long as you're trying to do it on your own, you're going to keep failing. And we need to learn, Paul saying, you need to learn how to let Christ live his life through you, where we get this knowledge out of our heads and get that belief in our heart, where we wake up every day and we say things like, of course I can't, but he can. I can't, but he can through me. I have the freedom to devote every part of my life and my body to my new master and to experience the promises that his life brings through me. Jesus said it this way in John 15, five. He said, yes, I am the vine. You are now my branches. Those who remain in me, devote themselves to me, and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying, it is my life through you because you are now in me, and I am in you. So remain, devote yourself to me. Remain in me and you will begin to see the fruit of Christ through you. And we're going to talk more about this in, in the next week, but where, where we can allow God to live through us and it's the Holy Spirit's fruit, not our fruit, the Holy Spirit's fruit being produced in our life. Three D's to victory. You can live victorious, not because of you, but because of Christ in you. And we start every day by declaring, deciding, and devoting. I can't, but you can. Deep breath. Oh, pressure off me. I can't, but you can. Jesus, your life through me. We start every day declaring, deciding, devoting. The band's gonna come. We're gonna close out. I wanted to share one final passage with you this morning, and we find it in Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. This is my favorite passage in all of Scripture. Paul says this. He said, therefore, I urge you. He's urging these believers in Rome. I believe he's urging you this morning. In view of God's mercy, so what he's saying is, in view of what Jesus has done for you, that you are in Christ, Christ is in you, Get that in perspective. He said before in Colossians, set your sights on what's the reality of heaven. That you are in Christ, Christ is in you. In view of that, in view of what he did for you, that he came while you were a sinner, died in your place, resurrected from the dead, ascended to heaven, sent his Holy Spirit, allows his Holy Spirit to live in you. In in view of all of that, he said our only reasonable response is to then offer your bodies as living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to God. He says, this is your spiritual act of worship. This is what it means to truly follow God, that you keep in in perspective of who he is, 
what he has provided for you, and we devote ourselves fully to him. And then he says this. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't, don't, don't look to the left or right. Look to, to your heavenly Father and don't conform back to the old you. You died to that. Christ died is now in you. You don't have to conform to the things of this world. Instead, you can be transformed into who God has created you to be by the renewing of your mind. That's the key. The renewing of your mind. Here's what happens. You see, you decide to follow Christ and you want to be transformed. You want to be free. But we go back to the old us. We go back to slavery. We go back to to the old sin. It continues to, to trip us up. And I believe this is why. It's because we believe the lie of the enemy. Because as soon as you say, I can, he'll say, no, you can't. No, 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 no. Your dad was an alcoholic. You'll be an alcoholic. You won't break free from that. Go ahead, try. I know what the pastor said. Good luck. We start hearing that stuff. Oh, you think you can overcome that? No, you can't. You think you can get over that? You won't do it. Remember, you've been dealing with this for 20 years. You've been in church. You're still dealing with it. You can't be free. That's just who you are. Accept it. Embrace it. And he begins to lie to us. And we begin to believe it. And we can't change the way we think because we're not renewing our mind. And you see, we defeat the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. Declaring deciding, devoting, where instead of hearing the things that I'm not good enough, you won't be able to do it. You say things like this. No, I am a child of God. I've been adopted into his family. I wasn't adopted because I deserved to be adopted. I was adopted because Jesus died in my place. And now I'm a part of his family. And what was true of Jesus is now true of me. And I can be free. I can do all things because I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. And we begin to say every day, I am, I am. Instead of, I can't, you start saying things like, I can. I can do all things through Christ. Not because of me, but because of Christ in me. He strengthens me. We change the way we think. I am, I can. Instead of, I won't, I might, maybe, I hope. No, I will. I will be who God's called me to be. I will make a difference with my life. I will be a leader and not a follower. I will be able to say no. I will press on. I will always hope. I will, I will. And we say, I I am. I can. I will. Because he is in me. That's it. Not because you can. Because he can. And you transform your life. We all want that. We all want victory. And Paul says the key is to not conform. Decide not to. And then step in to who God's created you to be. And you say it and you believe it. And you say it and you believe it. When the enemy comes and he lies and he tells you, you know, I am, I can, I will, because he is. Sin is no longer my master. I am a dead to sin, alive in God. I am in Christ. He is in me. I can, because he is. You see, you have everything you need to be everything God's called you to be. Christ in you is more than enough. Sin is not your master. You are alive in Christ this morning. You are in him. He is in you. Today, would you stand? We're gonna close with this song, and I just wanna encourage you. As we sing this song, some of you, I really believe this, God's sounding the alarm. 
He's saying, quit hitting snooze on sin. It's time for you to deal with this junk. You need to talk to someone. You need to confess to someone. You need to seek help. You need to do what you know you need to do. You know you need to do it. Now you got to just do it. you got to decide to do it. And you can do it. You can do it because Christ is in you. You don't, you don't have the strength on your own, but you can say no because he's in you. You can overcome. You see, before sin could whoop your tail because sin was what was living in you. It's not anymore. Christ is in you. Believe that today. Declare that truth over your life. Speak life over your life and then take the steps you need to do to deal with that. It's not too late yet and too much is at stake for you to hit snooze again. Decide this morning as we sing this song. Say, God, help me. You in me, not me. You in me. You living through me. Help me, God. And for the rest of us, man, can we just then devote ourselves to God as we turn from who we used to be and we move towards who we are in Christ. There's freedom. There's victory that's available to you if you will simply step into it. God's wanting to fill that void. He can satisfy you in a way that sin never can and never will if you'll simply open yourself to say, God, I surrender to you. I surrender to your ways. I devote my hands, my feet, my mouth, my mind. Lord, they are yours. Have your way in me. God, we love you. We're so thankful that you invite us into your presence. It's a privilege that we have to search for you, to seek after you, knowing that when we do, we will find you. So today, God, I pray for those who are battling sin. They're in the wrestling match with sin, that they will no longer excuse it. But God, they will eliminate it through your strength, through your power. God, give them victory today. We rebuke the enemy who will come to lie. And that there's power in the name of Jesus that you've already won, Lord. So we step into that victory. And we ask you, God, to have your way in our life. Lord, we surrender to you and ask you to fill us as we serve you and your purposes. In Jesus' name.